Some businesses succeed, some don't. Then there are those that seem to have been around forever. The true entrepreneurial success story. How did they do it? What was their vision? What makes a success? In this special episode for Ion Annapolis, we speak with the true success stories. Those business owners that have been around for decades, learn from their successes and failures. Now, here's host John Fernay. We're here in one of the most cool places around. We're down at the, is it the Annapolis Yacht Haven? Yep, you got it. And we're with Ron Spatora, who is the founder, chairman, top dog at Landmarks Marketing. And if you were ever in a hotel in Annapolis or pretty much the region, you probably saw their books and you're familiar with them. They're in the hotel, most hotels, where you would see what's going on in Annapolis and various different markets around. We ran into each other a couple of years ago and you were telling me that you were celebrating you know, your 25th year and that you're beyond that at this point. You're now into your 31st year, Correct. which is um, just incredible to me. And this is a perfect example of somebody that we'd want to talk to to find out what Landmarks is, how did it come about, and where's it going? Because as we've talked before, you've seen some change. Oh, my God, yes. <laughs> uh, it's a, and I think everybody in business has. I mean, if last 25 years, and I guess the reality is we're going to see a lot more change in the next four to five years than we have in the past five years. Well, everything has changed so quickly. I mean, you sit there and you you look at what we do on our cell phones, and you know who would have thought fifteen years ago that that was uh, e- e- even a realm of possibility. I, I remember finding some uh, carbon paper in one of my old offices, and my kids thought I discovered T Rex. <laughs> it was uh, you know, it's like oh my gosh, you, you can write on it and it makes it twice. It's like the the Jetsons, right? But yeah, well. Where did Landmark start? How did you get? Are you a native to Annapolis? No, born in uh, Baltimore. Uh, went to school in uh, Charlottesville, UVA. But we um, had a company. I got the entrepreneurial bug when I was in school. Um, seemed to work best uh, in a result-oriented environment versus a bureaucracy. So I, you know, took the entrepreneurial trail. And a friend of mine in uh, Baltimore asked me to um, partner with him when he was doing um, these beautiful eight and a half by eleven maps that were distributed through realtors okay. uh, in the area. And we work with Alexandria Drafting Company, who, you know, it's a 7-Eleven, you got those big Yeah, maps. the big map books that yeah. are no longer relevant. Right. <laughs> That's right. Well, this was, so when we started putting this or providing realtors with the map to put in their relocation package, the oversized map didn't fit. So we would order 10,000 at a time of customized, reduced this size, and then generate revenue through uh, advertising to hardware stores. Local area is a perfect thing for somebody new moving into an area. Now I know how to get there and where to go. Correct. So because the relocation market is a valuable market, but, you know, traditional or other ways to reach people, often Welcome Wagon would get there three weeks after you've already moved. Right. You've already spent thousands of dollars at the hardware store. You decided which bank you're going to use. Whereas when you would get this through Long & Foster, it would be while you're in the process. At the, at the, at the closing going. table when you walk home with it right. and, and you've got it there or earlier. And that's what brought me to Annapolis. This was part of the area we were doing, work with the Chamber of Commerce. And uh, what happened with this is that our, our supplier, Alexandria Drafting, noticed every community we went into, they noticed a serious decrease in retail sales. So they kept making it more difficult for us to buy from them because we were eating into their retail market. Okay. So our price kept going up, and it made the numbers hard to work. So when I came here, 
I met with um, a gentleman, a gentleman by the name of Herman Cheeky, who was with the Chamber of Commerce, and he approached me at one of the cocktail parties, and he said, "Ron, we are looking to build tourism in Annapolis, and last year we got some funding from the state, but it went in the Chamber of Commerce budget, and nobody knows." what happened to it okay. went to the general fund welcome so, to annapolis yeah so, <laughs> so they said we're looking to get some more money but they said we have to form our own organization and it has to be solely dedicated to that not the chamber so he said would you help me start the uh, visitors bureau and i said well great what would you like me to do i'm new to the area it's a great way to meet people he said well, would you mind going out and recruiting the first one to remember 100 members and i said well okay you <laughs> good way to get in the door and talk to people so we started the annapolis visitors bureau um which is now a you know huge organization when i work with the visitors bureau the majority of the people involved and on the board were hotel managers and they said well ron when people come here the only thing we have to orient them to the area are the magazines and the newspaper and they come and they go and it's hard to keep them in the room why don't you produce something high quality product that we could put in the rooms that would stay in the rooms now, this this was 30 years ago. It's 1988. So were these books, and, and I see where you're going with it, but were these books a thing in hotels other other places? Yeah, they were. Okay, yeah. so this isn't a brand new concept. No, because at that time, if you went to Baltimore, Washington, Philadelphia. The major markets. Yeah, there was a company called Guest Informant that was publishing this in the major 31 top cities in the U.S., but Annapolis was small potatoes. You know, they weren't interested in the second-tier market. Just right for picking. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we got contracts from all the hotels. We were the exclusive publication to be placed in the rooms. And we published the very first landmarks of the Annapolis back in uh, 88. It looked wow. like this. And then after the first year, six, seven months later, I went around and talked to people. And about 100% of the people said, yeah, this has been great. Let's do it again which is kind of a salesman's dream. (laughs) I'm here to collect my check. (laughs) (laughs) That in media that you can renew that higher percentage. So I said, well, gosh, where else could I do this? And I went to my alma mater in Charlottesville, and then we went to Ocean City and then Virginia Beach, and I think we wound up in about 11 or 12 cities and grew. And these are are regional sub-markets of Baltimore and D.C.? Well, they're approximate to this area, so I could get in the car and be in Charlottesville in two and a half a couple, hours, so I right. could work with a rep, but we hired an independent uh, representative in each of those communities. But this is a, this is a market that, that has hotels, that has need for visitors, right. that has been ignored by, for lack of a better word, the big guy that was putting them in the, the 22 major markets. It's Correct. Like, Correct. an ideal place. Right. Yeah, and then the approximate... Uh, Lake Virginia Beach, and, and right. we were kind of surprised that most of those areas, Richmond, didn't have a product like this. Considering that they're so tourist centric, mm-hmm. you, you would you would think so. Right. So these were in the hotel rooms all the time from the eighties, eighty eight on. Yeah, they would. Um, again, it was an annual publication. We built a multi million dollar business with. Um, I think we had twelve sales reps, and um, life was good. And then what and happened? <laughs> and then uh, I remember I got a call, uh, was it was eight, nine years ago, from my rep who was in Rehoboth. And she said, I just went to see 21 of our um, clients for to renew for the upcoming beach season. And uh, they all said they're not sure they're going to be in business uh, in the spring because of the economy. 
and uh, they were more concerned about paying the electric bill and the rent. That, yeah, and it was essential. And um, and a lot of them also said we're going to move our money into digital marketing. And he said, "What does that mean?" They said, "We don't know. We just know we need to move in the direction of digital." And uh, so the dollar, you know, two things: the dollar shifted, and the um, direction of, um, and then the economy, you know, was working against us. Yeah. So I, I mean, so these guys are shifting what little dollars they have in into digital, which is obviously a little bit less expensive. Actually, it's a lot less expensive um, and measurable. Yeah, yeah, but that without a doubt. So you mm-hmm. adjusted to that took too long you know we to find another solution that's where we you know we uh, had to let like 10 12 people go and uh, i mean it was a financial challenge for a number of years two three years as things kept going down um and then we found out that um there were companies in the industry that had developed um the latest technology that you could use in advertising technology that would allow us to identify what people are regularly going out to eat and the IPs or the, you know, the, of those individuals, and right. then also deliver ads to those people on the fastest growing media in history, the, the, the telephone, through digital advertising on websites, because the programmatic changes. And most people we talk to have never heard of programmatic, but what it is is where compare it to if you were to buy stock, you wouldn't call Microsoft and say I want ten thousand shares. You go to the exchange. The broker or wherever. Now there's exchanges for digital advertising on all these websites. So weather.com, fox.com, and all these sites have available space that you can purchase through the exchange in multiples. So we might say, okay, well, John's Restaurant wants to get 10,000 market impressions today in Annapolis. What's available today on the exchange where we could place his ad? Okay. So this is so when you say that you're advertising on on the smartphones and whatnot. This is on different websites that I might go to on my smartphones that, that obviously do accept advertising and, and have have places that are participating in Correct. in the exchange. So there's no way. I mean, you're not directly marketing to a cell phone per se. I mean, I'm not all of a sudden getting a beep on my phone going, "Oh, look, hey, uh, you know, eat at Frankie's at noon," right? Um, which is probably coming. <laughs> uh, yeah, and it's it's also um, cross platform. Because you might see it on your cell phone, you might see it on on, on your laptop. web on your laptop, and uh, when the emerging trend is you're going to see it more and more on your, your um, on your television for the um, streaming video. Makes all the perfect sense. Everything's going there. I'm about ready to cut the cord myself, and uh, you know, get rid of the phone and the landline and the mm-hmm. right. uh, the cable TV, and just right. go with something that streams at right. at this point. You guys also have uh, Landmark's great deals. What's um What's up with that? Or well, that was. Um, did you say was? Or is we, that <laughs> we stay, Well, we still do some of it, right? But but that was you know again our, our local version of Groupon, which you know Groupon did well and Living Social did well, and we were a local edition. We were able to sit down and customize programs and reach the local market. But the uh, the concept is not as I mean, people were led to believe that people would use the discount and then come in and pay full price. Usually, people that used it would find another discount offer to use, and they were, you know, discount shoppers. So the, the restaurants weren't overly pleased as they really analyzed what they were getting um, for their discount. Now, some still use it, and we still have clients that use it when we have an excess of inventory, or if there's a point in time, 
like January, February, March, where you're willing to give away. You need the business discounts. And you I, I had a restaurateur in town one time tell me that uh, you get the right night in February and you agree to eat in my restaurant. I'll buy your meal. And right. if, if you sit in the window and smile and look like you're enjoying That's it, right. I'll even buy your booze. Yeah, exactly. Um, and and I mean, I think there, I think there's a market for the the Groupon model. And again, if you're looking to if you're a new business and looking just to get people to introduce you, I think that's a, a perfectly acceptable. But again, I I've never been a big proponent of discounts mm-hmm. per se. Mm-hmm. And you know why why can't my product as a merchant or a retailer stand on its own? Why do I need to do that? And, and we see this all the time. It's like hey, the military bowl is coming in town, so. Give a twenty percent discount to the military bowl people, and 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 this and that. I, I well, there's the interesting thing though when you look at the discount market is there's a segment of uh, market, and a smart business will often try and capture both. So, if you look at Tommy Bahama, for example, you know you and I can go to Nordstrom and buy a Tommy Bahama shirt for a hundred, one hundred fifty bucks, and right. or we can drive across the bridge. And go to the discount shopping center and get what looks like the same shirt to me, right? You know, for fifty bucks, right? So there, there is the discount buyer, and there is the guy that will go to Nordstrom and is not price conscious. It's a strange dynamic there. Where's that marks going now at this point? I mean, you've 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 grown, you've grown up, and I love that your your corporate saying or your mantra is to be a a, a vict- You can be a victim of change or a, an, an agent, agent of change, right? And I think I think that's you probably really exemplify that more than anybody that I've spoken with. In that you, know, you rode this great wave with this print mm-hmm. this print thing that was in all the hotels. There were you know you just walk up every year and you you collect the renewal checks and right. to hey we got like eighty percent of our people that are like bailing mm-hmm. right. um, and and you had to have that oh shit moment the you know, come to Jesus whatever you want to call it to reinvent yourself and and you've been persistent and you've been successful and you've been able to do it the one thing i've admired about landmarks is over the years is that you've never been really afraid to try something um and and obviously you measure it i mean if it if it's if it's a dog you don't you, know, you, right. don't, you don't keep it right, right but you you know you're you're willing to try something you're willing to look at something and move, move on there and i think that's evidence of what you what you've got now where does the future look for landmarks well, we appreciate the question. What we um, first of all, when going back to when we moved into this product arena, realizing that I could bring to the average business owner, you know, the, there's 39 million local business owners in the United States, and it's 60 percent of the jobs. So these people are very important, and I have a lot of admiration. For anybody like yourself and other people that, you know, we're not asking for unemployment. We're not out there begging for money. We're trying to find a way to provide a service that has value and get paid fairly for it. Sure. And the local business owner, um, you know, like Federal House and O'Leary's and all the people we work with, I mean, these guys are running five to ten million dollar businesses. But, you know, they got to open up. They got to make sure employees are there. They got to I mean, they got a lot of work to do to keep running restaurants and stay on top of things. So they really don't have the time um, to get a Ph.D. or a master's in, in marketing and read all the magazines and the trends and the changes. And so when we first started talking to people about what we could provide them with based on this new technology, um, first couple of meetings I had, I, I could see the deer in the headlight looks. People say, well, <laughs> what do you mean clicks? Conversions? What's a conversion? Right. And I thought, well, geez, i got to really dumb me down this presentation 
so we can do an educational process of what really is digital marketing what are the basic components please understand it first then you can make the investment understand what a market impression is i mean this, this is a market impression yep but you know if you want to go to this salon or get more information try clicking on this ad sure on, on the back of the book but if you saw it on your cell phone you could say oh that's right i was thinking of getting my wife a or my girlfriend a massage or whatever yeah let me oh cool there's a gift card boom 30 seconds, you know, you, you're, you're done. So, but see, this technology is now available and has been available. But if you're Ford and you commit to $100,000 a month spend, then you can buy from some of these companies. So most of them have this technology, but they're after the big dogs, you know, not the local business owner. Sure, they're after Toyotas and the. Right. So the future for us is that we can. A, get in the door easier when we're talking about the latest technology versus print or radio or things that everybody thinks they totally understand. So it's easier for us to get meetings and easier for us to have our salespeople. I mean, we've added 10 salespeople in less than a year, and it's easier to get in. They can call people. You have a gentleman in Northern Virginia that's been very successful career in radio, 20 years in radio. Used to do the Redskins radio, um, Monday night, steakhouse yeah. stuff. And he called up, you know, does 10 or 20 restaurants he worked with, has 20 clients in less than six months, brings in a quarter of a million dollars. Uh, because A, he has access, he can get in, and B, has a better product. And then thirdly, once we deliver the service and we go through the reports, they can actually see how many people walked in their restaurant that actually saw a digital ad. So the ability for us to build a sales team, I mean, my goal this year is, is in 2020 is to hire 100 salespeople, which would be... That's a, a lofty goal. It's a, yeah, but I like lofty goals. So we're now looking at recruiting in Miami. Uh, we're working with a good friend who's um, adjunct professor at Miami. And, you know, they have relationships with the business community. We'll uh, fine-tune our business plan. Well, so, okay, so you say you're recruiting in Miami. I mean, are you looking to get into that Miami market? Absolutely. Okay, and then that's not a market that's is that not saturated in, in this type of a thing? Nope. You looking to buy a condo down there and get out of, <laughs> get out, get out of the winter? <laughs> well, that's – I mean, that's another podcast. I You know, I think real estate values uh, – I'd be reluctant to buy anything for the, for the next year or two. So the future is, is really exciting because we're – see, the – the attraction, like we talk to people, I talk to people, um, have a young lady with us that um, I called off of Indeed a while back and asked her um, how she was enjoying selling print these days. And it was a long pregnant pause. She says, what are you nuts? Uh, it's getting harder and harder every day. So people like myself that used to sell print, people that sell traditional marketing are finding that technology is bringing better product slash service into the market. I mean, radio's, what, 120 years old? Newspapers, sure. 150 years old. Not a lot of changes in technology. So this technology is, is really changing advertising forever. Well, it really has. I mean, the ability to be able to measure, and that's, you know, one thing that, you know, I've said with Ion Annapolis, and as opposed to just a print publication, mm-hmm. is, you know, I can tell you how many newspapers or magazines I've printed. Mm-hmm. I can tell you how many I've put out on the stands or thrown in driveways. Mm. Um, and that's where it ends. That's right. Uh, you know, did I have time to read that paper today, or did it just go into the recycling bin? And there is no way to do that. I mean, obviously, mm-hmm. you, you can't rely on a on a 
a clerk or a hostess at a restaurant and right. you know to say where did you find it and the customer to reliably remember where right. where it was i mean you know there's i mean if you would ask me how to, how i discovered you know the smokehouse or o'brien's or whatever it may be right. i have no idea right. um at this point i mean I, yeah other right <laughs> you know right. works for me right so what technology will change and is changing is that both the targeting and the delivery of advertising. So now uh, our supplier just introduced a, a new product that is enables us to identify women in, cer- in certain zip codes, what women ride motorcycles and smoke cigars and uh, are earning over 100000 a year. So we can drill down on 500 different demographic aspects and identify and deliver to an extra- incredibly precise market. And on this on this exchange that you, you speak about, okay, like if you're looking to drill down to that level and without getting overly technical, I mean, I'm going to try to see if I can kind of explain, and I don't even know whether I am, but you've got your IP address, which is a unique address to your phone or your computer or whatever Correct. it is. And right. just in your world of surfing, whatever the websites you want to surf, and we're not going to go there, but that's, uh, you know, these companies are collecting little nuggets of information okay i went to harley davidson five times in the last week and i went to the cigar shop three times on the website and i ordered a cigar cutter at amazon okay so we and we can make some assumptions about me at this point right they're taking that little data selling it providing it to somebody else correct this is okay now who wants cigar smoking motorcycle riding women that live in annapolis Mm -hmm. okay now all of a sudden instead of saying i've got you know a thousand people i've got three Mm -hmm. here they are ron would you target like to, those people? Would you like to target these people? And that, right. is that is that in a that's real dumbed down way of doing that's it? That's exactly it. Yeah, that's exactly it. And so we've got those people. Now we're going to programmatically send those people your ad on a variety of websites that they tend to go to on a daily basis, so that you'll be getting your information. And so you're going to see them on HarleyDavidson.com or any, right. anything motorcycle right. aficionado. Right. That's really it's really pretty fascinating when you can get down that, and also for the advertiser, you're, they're only paying for you know yeah. you're not paying to throw the right. spaghetti against the wall. Right. You're you're just paying for what's sticking on the wall. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I'll tell people we call and say next time. A person selling traditional advertising calls on you, tell them you only want to pay for the 10% of the people that have shown some interest in buying what you're selling and not the other 90% that have no interest in what you're selling. Yeah, watch that reaction. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> now, the other interesting thing about that, though, is it also works better on the other end because the recipient would rather be getting information from companies that provide products and services they're interested in versus the stuff you're not interested in. What are your, what are your thoughts on privacy? Uh, I mean, I know I, I've got the Amazon Echoes at home and everything else, and I swear to God they're listening to me. I mean, my, my girlfriend and I yeah. were talking about some water shoes out on her deck. Right. And I, the window may have been open, but we we didn't search on our phones. We didn't have a computer on. There was no yeah. computer. We just talked about these. And sure enough, on Facebook, those specific water shoes showed up on as ads to me. Well, that's a good question, and I think as a person, um, I understand the the challenge there in, in privacy, and I kind of leave that to the regulators and the Fed government. But as a business person, I, you know, again, you can you can fight change and say we don't want this. I don't want to have a McDonald's up the street, and you can have a community and you fight it and you fight it and fight it. But you know, McDonald's is coming, um, whether you want it or not, right, right. over time. So. This data, this information is available, so why not use it to my advantage as a business person 
versus, you know, fight it. Well, I guess what I was kind of getting at is, I mean, do you see a time where people revolt against the invasion of privacy? I mean, I mean, you, you say that somebody enjoys uh, – first of all, I don't enjoy being marketed to as, as a consumer, okay? But, I mean, it's, it's, it's a fact of life. I mean, I'm right. marketed to you – know, I walk out the door here. I'm marketed by – the Yacht Haven. Okay, right. there's a sign up there that says here. You know, there's a place that says we've got a place for rent, and uh, you know, right. there's signs of the right. Exxon and everything right. else. I get that. You know, it, do you think as it becomes more targeted, more perceived invasive, do you think that you're you're up for another change down the road where people where consumers revolt about that and say, hey, you know, I don't want you knowing all that about me? Well, John, I think you said the magic word there is perceived invasive. So if you know, if everybody perceives it as being invasive, then obviously they're going to fight it. But if people see it as somewhat valuable, that, oh, great, I was interested in more information on cars and more information on the ski slopes in the right. area. So it's, you know, and in many cases, like when you buy um, your TV, your, your OTTCV um, that's uh, streamed, you can buy it with ads or without ads. And they find that actually the people that purchase it, the higher percentage go with the ads because of the reduced price. That they would rather put up with the put ads. Put up with the ads to do it. And, and pay less to, to watch something. See, I'm the anomaly. I mean, every app that I buy, I, I'll buy a free app on the phone to play like a game or something when I'm bored. Mm-hmm. And I'll play it. If, it. if it entertains me for more than a week, I'll pay for it to mm-hmm. get rid of the ads. Mm-hmm. And otherwise, it's... Uh, Right, and my girlfriend's like, "Why do you? Why do you why, just watch the video for?" <laughs> and I agree. I mean, I'm I have purchased many things off of targeted advertising, and whether it's digital or you know that sign on the back of a bus, mm-hmm. uh, it's it's about hitting the right person. It's all advertising has always been about hitting right. the right person at the right time with the right product. Right, and this just really just sort of takes that curve, that right. learning curve, out of it right. for you. So if you look at the positives, um, certainly one positive is the guy running the restaurant that budgets their advertising. You know, the old saying was, half of my ad dollars are wasted. And they said, why don't you cut out that half? Right. So I don't know. I don't know. What you, right. It's all, it, it's all exposure. You know, and I, I, a lot of times I'll use the example of the uh, Super Bowl ad with, um, you know, the cute little puppy that runs away and mm-hmm. then comes back to the horses, right. you know, and the cutest commercial ever. But how many people go into the bar on Monday and say, I'd like to order a bud? And the reason is because I love the commercial you guys did. Uh, no. Would you tell the lady in the ivory tower? But she knows that she reached 40 gazillion people right. creating those market impressions. So advertising used to be a relative intangible. The, the most positive aspect of this is having been in sales and entrepreneurship, we all have certain passions that drive us into entrepreneurship. You know, I mean, we know if we do what we like to do, hopefully it will generate revenue but it's hard to push yourself to do what you don't like to do sure just for money people that like to sell are in many cases on the wrong side depending on what they're selling you know they're on the wrong side of the curve so to me one of the most exciting things is we brought in uh you know eight to ten salespeople, many of which are on their way to replacing their income so not they're not going to lose their home they might be able to still send their kids to college because now they have a product that is on the cutting edge of technology that there's a demand for, and they can educate, you know, restaurant owners and numbers of businesses about the value of this and develop a clientele. So people that have, like, we have 25, 30 regular clients, you're going to bring in enough money to make a six-digit income. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's kind of wonderful because it's having been in the same position. When you're selling a product you're not totally sold on, 
and you feel like oh, you're behind oh, the curve. Oh, without, without really a doubt. Tough. I mean, it's, it's absolutely critical. Yeah, with Ion Annapolis, <laughs> I, will not, I will not work with anybody that I personally don't support and don't like and, and, right. and don't enjoy as a person. And I think that's critical, especially in sales, that you've got to – a good salesman can sell anything. I, I, I get that. But, but he shouldn't. But a great salesman is the one that's going to have passion for the product. Correct. That's going to sit there and know exactly what's, you know, what this does and can, you know, can sit there and say, hey, this is what it's going to do for you. Right. And, and they're going to stand by it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that it's, uh, that's, that's a really great thing. What is the best way for people to learn more about Landmarks? Is it on your website? Or? Yeah, we have landmarks.digital. Uh, no dot com required. Just landmarks dot digital. Oh, that's 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 fancy. Isn't that cl- yeah. <laughs> landmarks dot digital or landmarksmarketing dot com if you prefer the dot com direction. But if you're even, old school. But even dot com is yeah old school. <laughs> landmarks dot digital, and that's it. And we just revamped it and, and just put a new one up today. So uh, and uh, you know I, I would say if you are a local or regional business that uh, is looking to get into the digital realm. Definitely check them out, and I. And someone sound, who wants a career change. I, I was going to say, it sounds like with a hundred people on, you know, on, on Target, you know, given and, and I'm sure there's a career page on the website as well where they can get in touch and learn more about it, right? Yeah, there is, and people are surprised that if you go to the career page and you see some of the videos we have, that people who have within two days have learned enough about digital to go out and properly represent it. So, a major part of our training is educating people on the value of digital marketing and how to best explain it without going too deep into the weeds about the technology. Yeah, well, I think a lot of business owners fall in the same category you and I do in the sense that, you know, I just need to know what time it is. I don't need to know how to build a watch. Mm-hmm. So don't explain to me, you know, how you build a watch. Just, you know, tell me what time it is, right? Tell me what it does for me. Without a doubt. And Landmarks Marketing, I mean, you can be a, you know, the, the marketing arm of a business that, just doesn't have the budget for it. I mean, Correct. Which is very similar to like an advertising agency. I mean, if you don't have a, you know, you can't have an advertising department, you, you get an agency that can do it. And typically you find that it's a lot more cost beneficial to you. Well, that's really a good point because the um, the digital aspect is not a standalone performer, for lack of a better word, because we found now with um, some of the people we've added that are that have done hundreds of websites and really no websites, when we create clicks that come to your website, if you don't come up within five seconds, the click isn't going to matter. So there's a lot of variables that we can now look at and uh, do an audit on a person's website and say, okay, we'll help you with the marketing, but it's really not going to do that well, John, if everybody we send there has to wait because after five seconds, 90% of the people are out. So there are aspects of maximizing the return based on other variables like the quality of your website, right. other places to click. We've had restaurants that say, uh, we seem to be getting a lot of traffic to our banquet page. I said, well, great. You know, have you booked any? They said, well, how would we know? We said, well, the best way right. would be to put a form on your website that right. could be filled out that said, I am interested in a banquet. Please contact me. Yeah. Oh, okay. That makes sense. We'll do that. <laughs> so, it's like somebody walking up to the hostess stand and not saying, you know, can, can I get you a table? Right, exactly. You know? So that's that's hysterical. Well, Ron Spatora, landmarksmarketing.com or, or landmarks.digital right. is the place to go to find that out. And I didn't realize they had a .digital um, domain thing. I know. Neither did we. I love seeing that you've, uh, you know, grown. I love seeing this old first book. It looks... Uh, like a like a elementary school yearbook uh, with with a staple in the middle of it. And <laughs> yeah, that's right. 
to the fully beautiful bound one that is still seen in a couple of the hotels around. And mm-hmm. um, But certainly I love the way that you've been able to evolve and uh, roll with the punches that technology has thrown your way. It's been brutal, but we've made the change. And as, as what you say, you're either a victim of it or an agent of it, right? Amen. Thanks for listening to this special podcast for I Am Annapolis. Please be sure to visit IamAnnapolis.net for all your local news, events, and opinions. And in case you haven't already, please subscribe to the I Am Annapolis Daily News Brief, where we bring you your local news direct to your phone or tablet every Monday through Friday at 7 a.m. Subscribe on iTunes or Google Play.